The Beis Yosef, the Heilige Rabbi Yosef, Karo the Mechab of the Shulchan Aruch, had a Magid, a Malach, an angel from heaven, who would come to him nightly and teach him the deepest secrets of Teres Hashem. The Beis Yosef collected all of these teachings into a Sefer called Magid Meishorim. In the Magid Meishorim in Parshas Bahar, the Beis Yosef records how the Magid instructed him, he should see that every day he should read Kriya Achas, one passage of the Sefer Chayvah Salavovos, to subdue the evil inclination, to crush him from his strength. In the Sefer Paslechem, in describing the author of the Chayvah Salavovos, the Heilige Rabbeinu Bechayib in Pekudah, he writes, Yiras Yoitzroi, his fear of his creator was with such a toikev oiz visatsumois, such sheer strength and power, ad mokoim sheyad yucholes haanushis magas. To the greatest extent that human ability can attain, this was the level of the Yirashomayim of the Chayvas Halavovos. And to be a Talmud in the select elite group of Talmidei Ari HaKadosh, the Arizal, one of the conditions was that everyone had to learn a piece of Chayvah Salavavis every single day. We have to realize we're learning a Musa Sefer that was learned by the Rishonim. A Musa Sefer written by a Rishon that was already learned by Yehuda ben Harosh, the son of the Rosh, and he writes in his Tzavo, Targilu atzmechem lilmoid sefer chayvah salavovois. You should become rogil to learn in the sefer chayvah salavovois. And the Me'il Tzadok also writes in his tzavo that one has to delve into the depths of chayvah salavovois more than one is mamik in the limud of negoim ve'oholois and the deepest shittis of limud in order to understand the depths of its pnimius and dakusa, its sublime, subtle messages. Rapinchas Karatze, the Heiliger Rapinchas Karatze, said that he learned the Sefer Chayvah Salavavos 1,000 times in order to achieve what he achieved. It's not that some Sefer wouldn't begin a shear in his yeshiva without first 15 minutes of Chayvah Salavavos. And he said, on a day that I didn't learn Chayvah Salavavos, I felt a lack in my own shleimus. The Heiliger Sam Sefer. The Shara Betochen in Chayvah Salavovos has, through the generations, been the fundamental basis, the foundation of how we relate to all of life's tests, all of life's trials and tribulations, our understanding, it's the under, underpinnings of our Hashkofer, of our daily lives, is the Shara Betochen. And the Sefer Menuche Kedusha, he writes, one who has never learned Shara B'tochayim in Chayvah Salavavos, Loiro'o Mo'oirois Miyomov, has never seen the light in all his days. So the importance of this limud, Shara B'tochayim, in Sever Chayvah Salavavos, cannot be stressed enough. We're going to try to be as text-based as we can, and of course there's a lot, a lot of ground to cover, and it suggested all of us should try to learn much of it on our own. I don't know how much we're going to cover. And really this should be internalized and made part of ourselves in order that we know how to deal as with every one of 
life's tests with the proper hashkof and the proper response of a yid. Emune betochen, this is what Yiddishkeit is all about. The Heiliger of Chaim Velozhen and his yeshiva in Velozhen had a chevra, he had a chabura, a group called Chevras Emune Betochen, where they would get together and work on Emune Betochen, and Reb Chaim Velozhen would say shiurim, and he would delve into secrets of Kabbalah and Sisrei Torah, being mechazik one another in these yesoides dike, these fundamental inyonim of Emune Betochen. And one night, it was late at night during his shir, and he asked one of the Talmidim, what time is it? And in those days, having possessing a watch was considered a luxus. It was a luxury, and nobody had a watch. I said, Rebbe, nobody has a watch. So Reb Chaim said, ah, if we were on the true level of betochen, there would be a watch here, and even a gold watch. At that moment, there was a knock at the door, and a Russian soldier walks in, a Jewish soldier in the Russian army, and he says, Rebbe, I've got a problem. So my father is a very wealthy man. I was drafted into the army, so he sent ahead a bribe to the doctor who was meant to give the physical examination to say that I'm not fit to serve in the army. And I was so um, relying on this, I didn't have a doubt that I was going to be freed from the draft. Uh, other people would come dressed in shabby rags or making themselves look like they were uh, um, not shofi bedaitom. But I was so confident, I went dressed like a, like a rich boy that I was, and the doctor somehow mixed up my name with somebody else's name. And he took somebody else and he freed him. And I ended up getting drafted. Here I'm a Jewish boy with all these Russian soldiers. And I have a brand new gold watch. And I'm afraid that it's going to get stolen. Could I please deposit it here by the Rav for safekeeping? Sir Chaim said, look, I don't know when you're going to come back. And who knows where you're going to be fighting. How could I take responsibility? He says, you know, you're right. You know what, Rebbe? Let me give it to you as a present. If I give it to you as a present, I'd rather it end up by you than having it end up by some uh, some Russian soldier pickpocketing it from me. Let it end up by you. And Sir Chaim said, you see that when we have the proper betochen, we can have a watch and even a gold watch. But they got together to work and to strengthen their midas betochen. The Chofetz Chaim used to disappear. Erev Shoshana, once they couldn't find the Chofetz Chaim. And they were looking for him. He was in the woods sitting on a chair in the woods, and they asked him, what, am, what are you doing, Rabbi? He says, I'm working on my emuna ubetoch. Imagine the Chofetz Chaim. And the Chazonish said, every day that we don't work to be mechazek our emuna ubetoch, it automatically gets weaker. It's weakened. So we need to understand First, let's put things in a context. We're beginning Shara Betochen, Choyves Halavovos. We hear about Amuna, we hear about Betochen. What's Amuna? What's Betochen? The Chazanish writes, Ho'amuna v'ha Betochen achashi. They're one and the same in essence, but there are differences. Ha'amuna ha'mabat ha'kloli shel ba'aleho. It's the general outlook of the Baal Amuna. What is hashkofes ha'chayim is? The way the emuna relates to himself in his personal life, how it expresses itself. And he continues, emuna is like haloche, the habetochen is like the maise, right? There's haloche and there's the maise, the theory and the practice. So betochen is the physical manifestation, it's the way we practice our emuna. 
So all of the situations as they play themselves out during the day are actually a barometer. They're measuring where we are holding in our amuna. There's a machloikis in the Rishonim. The Rambam holds that the mitzvah laham in Bashem, to believe in the Rabbinish Lam was one of the Taryag mitzvahs. Many Rishonim, the Ramban and others, argue on the Rambam and they say it can't be one of the mitzvahs because you can't have a mitzvah without a mitzvah. There can't be a commandment until you acknowledge and realize there's a commander. So it has to come before Torah u mitzvahs. It's before the commands is the the, the need, it's not something that we have to do, it's something that we are. And even the Rambam, who learned it's a mitzvah, where does this mitzvah say? Very unusual lotion. It's the only mitzvah in the Torah that's not given as a command. The mitzvah is presented as the mitzvah of Anoichi Hashem Elokecho. It's what we are. It's not what we do. So we are not discussing a facet of our lives. We're talking about betochen ve'amunah. We're discussing our very identity, who we are, who we are before Torah and mitzvahs begin. Now we all understand, we daven, we learn, we do mitzvahs. Everything we do, we're yidin, we're Why do we do all these things? There has to be first the Hakdama of Emunah. If there's no Emunah, all these things are pointless. The Chavetz Chaim once said, On Emunah, ganz Teiru mitzvahs is blotter. Meaning without Emunah, all of Teiru mitzvahs are just mud. They have no meaning. So Emunah is the, is what gives it all meaning. Now on the same level, just like we understand that our Avedis Hashem, only begins if it's built on emuna. we also have to understand that it follows that it's not just our Avodah Hashem, but our very personalities, our midas, our character traits, are also expressions of our levels of emuna. One who's a mam in Bashem will express itself in a lower level of kinna or no kinna at all, or worry, daigus, anxiety, how he responds to losses, to gains, to different things in his life. All his midas responses are dependent on what is Emunah. The Goyen writes in his Pirush on Chabakuk, Emunah is klal kol ha-mitzvis, u-klal kol ha-midos. It's all expressions of my level of Emunah. So every time, we're tested in our bitochen, which is the physical expression of our amun. Every time something happens to us, someone approaches us, we lose money, we make money. Anything that comes our way, we get stuck in traffic, things go the way we want it to go. The way we respond, whether it's bakas, whether it's bikina, whether it's however it is, this is where we're holding an amun. Now, just like you can have the amperage of your house, if let's say the electricity is only operating at 60%, your appliances will be operating at 60% efficiency. Now, the more one raises his level in Amuna, at a greater efficiency will he see the results in the physical expression of his avoider as a yid and his avoider as a human being. Will they be sluggish and slow, or will they be at top performance, at peak performance? There's a story told about the Kotzke Rebbe. Uh, there was once a Yid who had a business in a different town and word arrived to him on Shabbos that his sto- there was a fire and his store burned down. And the man heard he fainted on the spot. They poured water on him, he fainted again. They poured water, he kept on fainting. They found the Kotzke Rebbe went over to him and told him, 
it's not true. Your store didn't burn down. Everything else burned down, but not your store. And the fellow came to Motzah Shabbos. They got a telegram. His store was saved. A moifus from the Kotzke Rebbe. I may have told this story once. And the Kotzke Rebbe says, not a moifus. I know how Kaddish Baruch who doesn't send a person a test that he doesn't have the strength to, to, to pass. And I saw he just couldn't pass this test. This man, the man couldn't handle it. I knew it couldn't be true. So let's think, Rabbi Yisrael. We often have nisyonis in betochen, different troubles, things that come our way. That's a divine compliment. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us is that your level of emuna is ready to pass such a test. If not, if we weren't on this level of emuna, the test wouldn't come our way. And our betochen wouldn't be tried this way. So we have to realize that the emuna that we have within us is acting all the time and playing itself out all the time. And the greater will la- raise the amperage, so to say, of this fundamental yesoit of yahadis, so too we will improve in our general avoidus Hashem and our avoidus amidus. The Heilige Chayba Salavavos begins with a psicha. And in his psicha, his introduction to Shara Betochen, he describes in glowing terms the benefits of being a Baal Betochen. What a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic life the Baal Betochen has. And he describes, let's just take a few of his words. The first Toyelesh, the first gain to one who serves a Kaddish Baruch Hu with Betochen, is through the fact that he depends, he's by Teach Bashem, Yeshloi Menuchas Hanefesh Mehadaigis. His life is stress free. Everybody's talking about stress. We know stress is, causes damage to your health, damage to your emotional health, to your physical health. It's the friction in the body, it's the friction in the emotions. It causes, it wreaks havoc with a person. Betochen, a Teach Bashem, is a person who has Menuchas Mehadaigis. Now, what's so wonderful about having Menuchem and Adag? The Chalvavos has a Merdigah thing. The first benefit is if we take Daig and get it out of our lives, we can get on with the purpose of our lives. What are we? Someone asks, what are you? If you answer, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a Muhammad, I'm a curling man, I'm a dentist. You didn't answer what you are, you answered what you do. What you are is an Oyved Hashem. You're put here for 120 years from the first moment of life until you return your Nisham back to the Rabbi Nishlam to serve Hashem. And you cannot serve Hashem properly if you're encumbered by daigis and stress that don't allow you to function. So when one brings betochen into his life, yeshloi menuchas, he's one cannot be free of worry because gives here a tremendously penetrating insight if one does not trust in Hashem the logical extension of this is that he is believing and trusting in something else. You have to trust in something. What is it? It may be he's trusting in people. He's trusting his wealth, which we could probably say is the greatest contrast to a Baal Betochen is the sense of security that we feel from money and all that money brings, which is a shmuz and Hashem for its own. 
and he becomes dependent on all different forces, and that brings tragedy. What's the greatest tragedy that could befall a person on this world? If one trusts something else besides the Rabbeinu Shalom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes away the Hashkocher and he says, you know what? You know how to look after yourself? Be my guest. Go depend on your bank account. Go depend on the stock market. Go depend on this person or that person. And that is the worst thing. If somebody falls into that madrega. Now this poses a difficult question. If betochen, it's not an easy thing. If the Chafetz Chaim sat hours in the woods trying to raise his level of betochen, so how much more so do we need to work on our betochen? So what kind of oinish, what kind of punishment, this is the worst punishment, it's worse than any punishment we could imagine. That the Rebbeinu should be meiser hashgachosim, and that means doom, that means the end, you might as well not live, chas v'sholem. The Rebbeinu is meiser hashgachosim imenu. This is what I get, chas v'sholem, for not being a beiteach b'ashem. There's an idea expressed in the Mepharshim, a translation of the word Amuna. One of the Pirushim is given, there's a posse, Kasher Yisa Ho'oimein Es Ha'yoinek. A nursing mother who nurses her yoinek, her young suckling, is an oimein. And Amuna is described as a child nursing from its mother. Amuna means to be ma'amein, and there's a goin, this pirish on Tehillim, the goin brings the posik, imloi shivisi vidoimamti, kigomul alei imoi. If I must make myself like the child who's nursing from his mother, kigomul olai nafshi. And the goin explains, just like a nursing child is satisfied. And after he eats his meal, he doesn't even have to wonder or think or worry about where the next meal is coming from. So too, kigomal olai nafshi, as the Pasik says, maftichi, my betochain, is al imi. Now let's contemplate this thought for a moment. There's an unusual comparison. The baiteach bashem is compared to the nursing baby. When a child nurses from his mother, where does the milk come from? We know the Gemara tells us in Masech and we know this is for a fact. If a child doesn't nurse, the mother's milk dries up. It's the nursing itself that produces the cholov. When the child understands and has to nurture, has to suckle from his mother, that in itself produces the shefa. Emuno is the way that we produce the Shefa from the Rabbeinu Shaloylam. It's not, and if we don't, we're not punishing the child who doesn't want to nurse well, just the system doesn't work. It's not a punishment. If you're not going to take and you're not going to focus and realizing that it's Kasher Yisa the Shefa won't be there. You have to go to somewhere else. Emunim noitzer Hashem. Emuna produces shefa. The Heilig Yelechevich, when somebody would come into him for a Yeshua, somebody needed a bracha, a moifah, sometimes he came to a Rebbe, he needed a miracle. The Rebbe 
would say, I have to be mechazik you in Amuna. And he would tell the person, the petitioner, to say animamin over and over and over again until his level of Amuna was increased that he was able to get the brach and the shefa that he needed. And for this, one doesn't have to be a tzaddik. This is not dependent upon our level in where we're holding in our own Yerushalayim. The Ramban writes it. There's such a thing as being a tzaddik in Amuna. Just in Amuna alone, the Balakeda writes on the Pasik, Harchev Pichav Amalei. He gives a marshal. So imagine if you have a river. And you see that there's some place in the river there, it's deep water, some place it's shallow water. The fool thinks that the deeper water is closer to the source and the shallow water is further away. So that's not so. It's just wherever it's dug out deeper, there's deeper water. And when it's not dug out, there's none. Harchef pichavam the system, the way the Rabbinish Lam is mashpia to us is a person opens his mouth, he makes himself, I am a kli, I understand the Rabbinish Lam has to, should give to me. The greater I open myself up to that shefa, the more I realize it's kasha yisa oimein es the greater the shefa that will be produced, regardless of what my level in Abaydus Hashem is. It's an unbelievable Shemi Shmuel in Parshas Bahar. I think it's Parshas Bahar. We write, there's a Gemara, people often worry, there's a Gemara that says, um, parnasasi. The Rabbi Nishalayim prepares Parnasa, but with Averis, I do evil. Masai I cut off my Parnasa. Zog the Shemi Shmuel, that depends what type of Parnasa you have. That only applies to one who believes his parnasa comes from a lower source. But one who believes Bemuna Shalema that his parnasa comes directly from the Rabbi Shalom, no Avera can get in the way of that parnasa. Nothing could stop that. When a person doesn't believe the Rabbi Shalom is his source, so his parnasa comes from a lower level, and there the chitzoinim, the outside forces, can get in the way. But when one lives with Amuna that the Rabbi Shalom is supplying me, even Averis can't get in the way of that shefa. It's the system that. That's how it works. Kasha Yisa Oimein Es Hayoinek. A Yoinek, a child who's nursing from its mother, is a Batuach Gomer. He's totally dependent and totally content. He's in a different world. He's in a world of satisfaction. Imagine, Rahman al-Litzlon, when the trains were going to Auschwitz and the Pachad, and the terror that reigned in those cattle cars. But there were also mothers nursing their babies. And those babies in those trains were still content. They were in a different world. In a, they, they were not in contact with everything that surrounded them. When a person realized, I'm with the Rabbi Shalom, any situation that comes his way, that's not where I am. I'm al Shadei Imi. I am with the Ima Elah. And there's another point in this comparison. We know that the milk that a mother produces for the child is genetically designed to match his metabolism to perfection. It was created for him. Everybody has a different system, a different metabolism, different uh, all sorts of factors that go into what I need for sustenance. And the perfect sustenance that fits exactly for a person's need is the mother's milk. Emunah. 
means nurturing and taking a shefa that is produced through the emuna that fits exactly with the perfect divine synergy exactly to what I need. Which explains the connection between emes and emuna. We say every night by Mayrev, emes v'emuna. Shem alakechem emes v'emuna kol zois. The Pachad Yitzchok, Rav Hutmezatzal, he gets into the etymology of the word emuna, and he brings from Kadmoinim, take the word emes. The word emes is Aleph Mem Sof. The first letter is the first letter of the Aleph base. Sof is the last letter. The Mem is the middle letter of the Aleph base. The Aleph represents the Alufa Shel Oilam, the source, and the Tof represents the physical world, how it all, how it all expresses itself in the oilam of Asiya. The connection between the two is the letter mem, the ois em tsoi. The letter mem is the letter of smicha, of dependency, dependent on the aleph, on the source of all, drawing that knowledge, that fact into myself and relying on it and so acting upon it. What does it mean I believe? What does it mean I believe? Belief means I know something and I'm prepared to act on it because I depend on it. You're driving through a bad neighborhood and you lose your way. And you need directions. You roll down the window. You stop somebody. says, can you give me directions this in this street? And he says, go right, left, take a few turns. Now, you hear, you have, the, you have the knowledge. If he seems to you to be a trustworthy person, you're ready to act on it and you're going to drive the way. If you see a little bit of a sly smile in his face and you're afraid that maybe he's sending you on a wild goose chase, I know the directions, but I don't yet believe them and I'm not yet ready to act upon them. To be soimech, to depend on what I know and to act and to understand that I can rely, that is how the Mem connects to the Aleph. Emunah also is formed, the first two letters are Aleph and Mem. The idea of being soimech. Emes and Emunah share the first two letters. What are those letters? Aim, the mother. Because the first reliance that a person has on this world is his mother. And that's represented by the letter Mem. And that's why he writes in every language in the world, the word mother is revolves around the letter Mem. Whether it's mommy or mother or mutter or mama or mom or ma, is always that sound is going to be there. Because that's the expression of ultimate dependence, recognizing that I come from a source. I am not independent. I am rather dependent. And I am connecting myself. I am relying on that that source. And he goes on to explain that the letter Nun is always Magdal. It magnifies the letter Mem. That says Etzev is one level. Itzavoin is a higher level. So the Aleph Mem, when it becomes Aleph Mem Nun, it becomes Emune. It means magnifying this reliance, this dependence on the original source. And that's why we find that the greatest expression of Bittel Hadas in the Torah is Vanachnu Moh. Mo means we're nothing, we're dependent. And when Klal Yisrael got lechem in Hashemayim, they didn't know what it was. Vayiru b'nei Yisrael, vayomru ish el ochiv monu. Because when I don't know, kilo yodu ma, when I don't know what it is and I cannot explain it, it has to come from koyach of emun, and that's why it was called mon. Perhaps we can add to this thought 
The letter Mem, the meaning of the letter Mem is water, Mayim. In Ksav Ivri, which is different than Ksav Ashuri, the letter Mem is written like a flowing river. Mayim, water, always connects two points. The Gemara tells us, Mayim is Hoylech Mimokim Gavoya Lemokim Nomuch. It goes from a high place to a low place. And that's why a Nachal, a stream, is also the same word as Nachlo, inheritance, because it connects the previous to the to the follower, the one that comes after, it connects the two. When we want it, what does the letter Mem function in, in Lashon HaKodesh? Mem always means from something. You put in the beginning of the word, Me'eretz, Misham, from there. Mem means I am from something. Not I am, I am from. When a child is crying, Mama, he's saying I come from somewhere. I am dependent, it's not me. And that's the ultimate truth. There's nothing truer in the world than the mother-child relationship. It's like when we smile for a choyler, we say the mother's name because that's the truest essence of the person. So MS ve'emuna are one and the same. There's that connection to our source and relying with a total dependency on a source that is higher than ourselves. Let's take another understanding of the word emunah. An umnis, an uman, means a profession, a craft. Somebody has a trade. Somebody is a tailor. His umnis is that he has a trade. He, he's, he's a tailor by trade, by profession. What does it mean that somebody developed an umnis? When he talks about the umnis of being an ilam, of keeping one's mouth closed, he also explains this idea. An umnis is when we've mastered something to the extent we don't need any das. I can type. But how do I type? I use what's called the hunt and peck system. Right? I look for this letter, bang, look at this letter, bang, look at this letter, bang. Now, I can type, but I'm far from a typist. A typist who goes like this doesn't have to look or think. Don't, he doesn't any longer need the das because it becomes so part of him that it's become mu'umon. His, his, his very goof has become trained to act in a certain way. The umness of any chachma is its emes. It's in its truest form. I'll tell you, Amaisa, years ago, before Purim, I wanted to go around with a group of chaverim to raise some money for a worthy cause. And you know, every Purim comes in with different costumes, different ideas. I wanted to have something original. So I decided, we have three guys. We're going to rent three giant tubas. You know what a tuba is? I, think, I learned that's not even the right word. It's called a sousaphone. You know, the matcha, they have these giant, giant brass trumpets. You have to wear them. You can't even walk through the door. You have to walk through sideways with it. And we decided we're going to teach ourselves just to play like Yehuda Maisa. We'll march into people's houses and people will give us, they'll shower us with money. Actually, the first house we went into, I smashed into the guy's light fixture and then it came <laughs> crashing down. The, now, where do you get hold of a tuba? Okay, you ever tried to rent a tuba? You can't rent a tuba in New York. You just can't. I called every music store. Does, who rents tubas? Never. Finally, someone directed me. Said there's a place. It's not even advertised. It's like some loft in Manhattan where, like, the biggest musical geniuses get together. It's like, like mere mortals don't walk into this place. And they'll be able to help you. Okay, I got the address. I go creak up steps and steps, get higher and higher to get into the place. I walk in. I'm looking to rent a tuba, a sousaphone. And Philip says, oh, okay, oh, sure, we have one. We have one in the attic. 
So in the attic, I thought I'm in the attic already. <laughs> this place looks like an attic. You walk in the place, it's cluttered. Like in this corner, there's like a guy in rapture and he's doing, he's doing scales on his saxophone with his eyes closed and there's around him. Like they're all, like you say good morning and you're off key in this place. They look at you, they scringe at you. Like, aha, so you need a, you need a, a tuba, Yuvaldic. So you go to the attic, he tells me it's a little bit dented. I said, don't worry, for Purim, that's exactly what I need, a dented one. And he only has one. He's bringing it down. And so he calls to the guy, hey, Nick. This guy's a sousaphonist. And Nick comes over to me. Oh, how you doing? What band are you in? I didn't want to expose myself completely. I said, well, we're not really yet. It's a few guys together. You never heard of the Achashverosh band. You know, we're thinking of... Uh, and then this man starts speaking a language that I hear. He was speaking tuba. He wasn't speaking English. It's like, and he's talking about syncopation, modulation, this and that. And I'm like, I'm just getting lost. I finally had to fess up. I said, listen, let me let this slow down. Because I, I don't have, a, I don't have any idea how to play this contraption. If, <laughs> but if you would teach me how to play a few notes, how I could teach this and this song, he says, he looks at me. Do you think I thought for a second you're a sousaphonist? <laughs> I spoke to you for two seconds, and I realized that you don't belong here. That you're not one of us, because when one has mastered. When one is an woman, when one is a professional, he's so sensitive. It's so obvious. Now, let me tell you, I happen to play a few musical instruments. And I'm sure I can convince many of you that I'm an accomplished musician. And if you who doesn't play would think that, wow, I really know how to play. But the truth is, when in the face of an woman, somebody who really knows true music, he realizes that I'm just on the fringes. I'm on the outside. I don't really know what I'm doing. Because he's so much closer to the truth. Because if music is a true chachma, there's a truth, and you can get closer and closer. The great violinist Isaac Stern, who was the greatest violinist, or arguably one of the greatest violinists in the world, used to practice eight hours a day. Now, what does that mean? What is he practicing for? I mean, you can't, and there's nobody better than him. And he once said, on a day that I don't practice, I know. The second day I don't practice, my violin knows. And the third day, the audience notices already. Because in a quest for truth, there's no end to how much of an uman one could become. You can become more and more professional and produce better and better music. You can get closer and closer to the emes. Hashem Eloikeichem is emes. The Rebbeinu Shalom is the pure and absolute emes. You can't proceed, you can't go further than that. But the development of an umnis in any chachma means becoming closer and closer to the truth. Now, if I'm not a musician, so big deal. So I've retracted. I'm not part of the world of musicians. I'm not. Big deal. I don't have that umnis. But what if I'm not a mammon? Emune is miloshin umon. What have I receded from? What have I left behind? It's interesting. There's one umnis that we're all born with. If an umnis means what we can do without das, take a little baby. A little baby has no das. A little baby cannot perform a single coordinated act with any one of his avarim. He cannot move his fingers or his toes or his arms in any focused direction. Yet the complicated act of nursing, which involves, involves many, many muscles in the face and in the body, he's born knowing that without any das. He has that umnis inborn. The trade of being a person, a human being, is to nurture and to be dependent on a higher source. So 
so it's not, if I'm not a mom, and it's not that I'm not a musician. I'm not an Odom. And that's why a child is called a Tinoik, because his essence means to be Yoinik. An Umnis, mastering a trade, means transforming knowledge and bringing it into my physical system, which is exactly what the avoid of Amuna is. Amuna is to take the knowledge, the Aleph, and with the extension of the Mem, bring it into my life so that I act upon that. And until that, it's not Amuna. He was a Meshulach who went around collecting money and he earned a certain percentage. And he was in the city of Brisk and he had been collecting money for a few months and he earned a few hundred rubles and he went to the post office to send the money off back to his home. And when he got there, he realized, he realized the money was gone. He was very, very upset. He came crying to Chaim Brisky. He was making such a geval that had so much money and I lost it. It was stolen from me. And now I realized what happened because when I came to the post office, there's a fellow told me that I have, there's a tear in my coat. And I said, when? He said, take it off. I'll show you. And when he gave it back, he, the money was gone. He was all a trick to get my money. And he was crying. He said, don't worry. I'm going to speak to a few gvir and we'll put together the, the whole sum for you and give me a few days. And he had the entire money. He gave it to the fellow. The fellow came back to him. He was a little bit ashamed about how he acted, about the loss of money. So he was, said, so Rebbe Shanoah, I'm not really, when I carried on that it wasn't about the money. The money didn't really bother me. It bothered me that I was such a shaita, such a fool. How did I let the guy take my coat and not think for a second that the guy is going to rob me? So Reb Chaim says, oh really, that's all that's bothering you? I tell you, I've got a lot of important things I could do with this money. If the whole thing that's bothering you is that you're, that you're afraid that you're a shaita, I'm ready to write you a letter signed by the Bezden of Brist that says you're not a shaita. So the fellow says, Oba de Geld, Oba de Geld, what's going to be with the money? We can talk a lot about Amunah. We can talk a lot of Betochen, but to be a Boiteach Bashem means to take that and turn it into our very essence. As the Chazanish once said about Rav Chaska Levenstein, he said, There are those who have Amunah in their heads, there are those who have Amunah in their hearts. Rav Chaska has Amunah in his hands. He has a muna in his very essence. That's when it becomes an umness. Somebody's driving. If you're driving for many years, do you know how many things you do without even realizing? You can drive for a hundred miles talking on the cell phone without even paying any attention to what you're doing. It just goes by itself. But if you're a new driver, you have these white knuckled hands gripping the thing and you're terrified every single second because it's not yet an umness. It's not part of you. Our job in the working, the avoider, the levels of betochen that we want to achieve is to become professional ma'aminim. Meaning that we bring emunah into our lives at the level of an umnis so that our responses are automatically those that, that pertain to an mamin bashem to the rabbinu shaloylam. If something comes our way, a difficulty, and we lose ourselves, we become an agansa pachet, and then we say, oh, you have to have emunah. That's givaldic, but it's not yet an umnis. If our initial response, I've told once the story, I was driving in a car, and had an accident, and there was a woman in the back, and as soon as the accident happened, she screamed out, Thank you, Hashem! That was the immediate reaction of someone who's developed a muna to an umnis. He's become an umen at it, and that's what being a person is. Maybe we can even say bederech tzachos, even in English. How do we say a person is a human? It's the same word. It's becoming the act of being a person is being an uman, being a nemon, being a soimach on the Rabbeinu And the further one is away from this, 
the further he is away from the truth. Just like I'm not a true musician, one who's not a mammon is not a true person. Emes ve'emuna are one. And that's why we understand what it means the Chofetz Chaim would sit and practice emuna. If the greatest violinist in the world, the Havdal of Havdalis, could keep on practicing because we're reaching for truth. Truth is ain't safe. It can be perfected and perfected until I become a better musician and I produce better music and I produce better emuna, which manifests itself in better mitzvahs and better maizim and better midas. There was somebody once came to the Chazanish and bombs were falling and that's only said, Rebbe, I'm terrified. He went through the war and he was very, very frightened. The Chazanish said, stay here a few days. And just being in the presence of the Chazanish had such a calming effect because it was, it was so natural. The Emunah Bashem was so natural that it, 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 poshed, it was contagious. And you felt like, you know, it, when you see professionalism, you see it and you feel there's something true about it. It's more true than it was before. When something is not true, it's unnatural. And when it's unnatural, it causes stress. If somebody were to take his body and contort it into the shape of a pretzel, he's going to have a lot of stress on his muscles. If a true person, an Adam, an Ish Emes, is a Maimin Bashem, that is his umnis, the further we go away from that truth, we're contorting our spirits and we are going to have daiger and stress. Because we're not, we're in an unnatural condition. The Chavis later on, when he talks about Parnas, he says the ideal Parnasa for someone is one that resonates with the person's talents. We all know that. The fortune is the person who can make a living off his talent. He's a gliklich mensch, ashrei, such a person. But imagine you take a, a, an accomplished violinist and he has to earn his living programming computers. He's going to be unhappy because he's in an unnatural state and that's going to be stressful to his inner spirit. So the further we go away from emuna the more daiger and itzavoin and worry we bring into ourselves. But when one becomes a boiteach bashem, as the Chayvah Slavavis writes, ha boiteach bashem, someach bechol dover shashem misavev elov. He is happy with everything that happens to him. He doesn't have agmas nefesh. How much agmas nefesh do we have from business, from troubles, from problems? All these things are because to have this agmas nefesh is because we're in an unnatural state, in a state of perfection, which is of course a very, very high madrega. A person would have shalva and menuche, as he writes, the toyeles hasogas ha'isha ba'olam hazeh for the bala b'tochen is menuchas ha'leiv midagos ha'olam hazeh v'shalva serenity tranquility may he sroitzitzus hamnefesh from the storming of the spirit umitzara from its pain alheda tavoiseo ha'gufnis from its inability to get and to achieve what it wants to achieve which is the source of all our daiga when one is a b'teach b'ashem he's got a life of menuche and shalvo. And so, our key, our avoider, in order to attain a muna, 
We have to be ma'amein. How does one become an uman? How does one become a professional typist? He keeps on typing. The more you type, the more it gets into your system. So the more we respond with bitochen and we learn about Hashem, how about bitochen is meant to respond, and the more we keep on doing it, that is going to work itself into our systems until we become umnim, till we become professional maminim, until we turn to the Rabbi like a child turns to his mother with the cry of mama. And even if we have to start from the Chelek HaMaisa, the ultimate expression of Emunah Bashem, Tomim Tiem Hashem Elokecha Kol Masha Yavra Alecha Kabel B'Tamimus, we start with the tough and go to the Mem, and we become more and more dependent. But if it's the other way around, Rachman Alasan, it's Mace, a person cuts himself off from his life source, and he's Baytech and other things, Visartem, Vavadatem, Elohim Acherim, Vishtachavisem Lohem, the whole Posik, each word ends with a Mem. You put the Mem at the end instead of at the beginning, the person He's independent. He's in charge of his own life. And so one who is koine, who absorbs this yidir, one who brings this umnis into his life, is nichnas. He enters an oilom acher. He enters a different world, a world of shalva, a world of menucha. Eibishter should give us the koiches that we should be able to absorb and learn about Hashem, the messages and the unbelievable, extraordinary life-transforming teachings of the Heilige Gechoyves Halavovos, and to make us take maminim b'ashem of a teirosay, and will be zoiched to all the brachas that the Baal Bitochen has of habayteach b'ashem chesed yisaydevenu.